Welcome to this week's episode of Body Talk. This week, my guest is Heather Lyle, founder of Vocal Yoga. And I first came across Heather five or six years ago. I was in Los Angeles and I was looking for a different kind of voice lesson. I had my band going at the time and I found Heather and I thought what she did was fantastic. And it would be great to have her on the program to talk about singing and yoga and the vagus nerve and a whole lot more. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's great to see you again or hear you again, I should say. Yeah, it's great. It's absolutely great. It's been a long time, but there's there's still that connection. It's nice. So I'm going to let's start with what everybody's probably wondering about, myself included, is how did you as a vocal teacher start incorporating yoga into teaching people how to sing? Well, I've been practicing yoga since I was 14 years old, as my father was actually a yoga teacher who had spent 17 years in India. So yoga was something that I grew up with and was a big part of my life. I've also been singing since I was three years old. And so eventually I started singing in my yoga practices and discovered one day that mm, some interesting things were happening. And um, what actually I discovered is maybe I would be holding out a sound and I'd go into a certain pose, usually twisting or some sort of pose that elongated the spine. And I would feel like my breath could go forever. And I also would have this sense of a change in my voice where my voice became richer and deeper and got what I like to call now the golden tone, which is when you use your voice and a sound comes out that just feels really pure, really rich, and full of all the overtones mm-hmm. that, that you have in your body and in your, in your voice. And we've all had that as singers and Public speakers even often have had a moment where you've had that feeling of, wow, that's my best time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then you learn how to fake it if you're having an off day. But it's always the best one. It's just there. It's reliable. And you're, and you're good. So this was a very natural evolution for you. It was. It was a very natural evolution. And because I was experimenting with yoga and sound, a friend of mine said to me, have you heard of Fitzmaurice voice work? And Fitzmaurice voice work is one of the leading voice works for actors today. And they're very interested in body armor and how body armor affects the body. Mm -hmm. And Catherine Fitzmaurice created a work where she uses pretty much it's about what we call vinyasa flow sequence and, and a few other movements where she's created a sequence of movements that she says are not yoga. They're not yoga anymore. They may have been inspired by yoga at one time, but they're no longer yoga. And so, because she has tweaked them and created her own thing. Mm -hmm. And so uh, she created this work and my friend said, well, why aren't you doing this work? You're a yogi. This makes no sense at a conference in front of mine. She said that to me and I said to her, wow, tell me more about Fitzmaurice voice work. So I ended up that weekend, the following weekend, doing a course in it. 
Next thing I knew, I was doing a teacher certification. And then after that, I started exploring with the ideas that Catherine had given me. And I started exploring things like polyvagal theory, Bessel, Bessel van der Kolk, Bessel van der Kolk. <laughs> One more time. Yes, that's a hard name. I always want to say Bessel van der Kolk. So I get I you on that. So, so, okay. So I'll go back to there. So, um, and after taking the Fitzmaurice voice work teacher certification, I decided to go into yoga therapy. So I studied yoga therapy. And in yoga therapy, I started to learn a whole lot more about the whole body, about the organs of the body and the connections of the organs to muscles, what went with what. They brought in the idea of the big toe be being connected to the tongue. So I started to learn about Tom Meyer's anatomy trains. Yeah, that's an anatomy yeah. train. I remember showing you the picture when we met. I'm like, yes, <laughs> you did. I remember that. And I was blown away. So I went down the anatomy train train, <laughs> yeah. for a better word, to, to explore that work, which led me led me to Stephen Porges's work, Polyvagal Theory, which led me to Bessel van der Kolk's work, The Body Knows Keeps the Score. Keeps the, the score. Keeps the score. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's and Peter Levine's Waking the Tiger, which is another seminal book. Okay, Waking all right. The there you go. Yeah. So all of this work made me very interested in the fascia of the body because what would happen is I would do these exercises that I created and amazing things happened to my voice, but I didn't know why. Mm -hmm. So I had to look for the why in what was happening, basically. And by looking for the why, that's why I went through all those different sorts of works, bought a zillion books, read up to see hmm, what could be happening. Well, wow, when I twist, hmm, <clears throat> excuse me, could I be stretching the psoas muscle? And could I be stretching muscles that come up and connect to the diaphragm? And then could I be stretching muscles that went through the torso? And could I be stretching muscles in the neck and throat and tongue? And so all of these connections started making sense in mm -hmm. my mind. So I, I want to go back a minute here because you mentioned Please. polyvagal theory. Yeah. Uh, because as you know, stage fright is real. And it, it, it happens. And in fact, I, I can recall early on in, in, in my trotting the bolds, uh, it would happen quite often and it would usually affect my throat. And there's even, there's a YouTube clip of me out there where I had lost my voice an hour before I was supposed to go on uh, with my quartet. And um, I managed to get through it. I don't know how I got through it, but, uh, but it was, it was, it was frightening and I knew it was nerves and something. So, so just to, follow this up something i found that works for me and i'll go i will lock myself in the bathroom and i will do multiple iterations of down dog to up down down dog to up dog down dog to up dog while i'm breathing to kind of shake that off and then i got to the point where i'm like mm, doesn't happen so much so so what is it about this is a long way around the corner to get to the question sure. what, what is it about uh singing 
and vagal tones and fear of speaking in public and all of that. How does that all fit together in your scheme of things? I think it does. We know that public speaking is the number one fear that people have. That We're death, dying, I know. It's crazy. Death is, death is <laughs> right? so we'd yeah. all rather die than mm-hmm. speak in public. Well, how yeah. about singing? Singing is much more. Oh, yeah, that's like a half a point higher than. Um, yes, on the heat index, right? <laughs> to sing in front of people. And it does elicit a huge response. And so that's something that I think is really important for people to know that it is real and that your body does not know the difference between actual fright from maybe there's a giant animal about to eat you mm-hmm. or or that it's just a stage of innocent people, hopefully, right? <laughs> so the body doesn't know. The body no. doesn't know the difference. And no, it just knows threat. It just knows threat. Why this elicits a threat? There is something so vulnerable and, and something that makes you feel so naked when you sing in front of people. You can't hide. Even actors are usually really scared to sing in front of people. I've oh, had yeah. I've had many actors, professional acting teachers, actors faint when they've had to sing in front. I actually had one woman faint wow. when she had to sing during actually the singing part of the Fitzmores teacher course. And it you would think that an actor would have no problem, but actors create characters. Yes, you can hide behind that character, and you're, you're, you yourself is safe. But when you sing a song, you're putting a little more out there than just a persona. You really are putting out your, your full heart. Yeah. Do you and, think that's why we admire singers so much? Uh, two things. One thing is I think that we, yes, we admire singers because to do it, they have to really reveal their heart. And they have to really... And, and an interesting thing about the throat area or the throat chakra, the throat chakra's job is to protect the heart area. So the throat really? will- Really? Yes. So the, okay. throat, the throat chakra will close to not allow you to feel. Yeah, when we choke on our words. Yep. Um, and usually, you know, the regrets aren't the things we said. It's, or at least for me anyway, it's the things I didn't say or wished I'd said that I didn't say. Those are the regrets. Yes, and, and that, the lump in the, the throat. Yeah, that yeah. People that have dealt with extreme grief often feel a lump in their throat afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it actually happened to me after my mother died. And so I had to analyze what was happening. And what I realized was that by closing the throat area, I did not feel as much. And it helped me get through planning the funeral, all the things that you have to do after someone passes away. So it helped me hold it all together to Mm -hmm. do what I had to do. But after all of that was over, I had to talk with my body and say, all right, let's open up this throat. I had to do a lot of sounding exercises. And I was able to relieve the throat in this I was able to relieve the lump in the throat, but I've had a lot of people come to me for that. So you said you did yoga therapy. Yes. And so, but you also taught singing. Did you ever find yourself, and I worked with uh, a number of yoga therapists over the years, 
And if you, did you ever find someone coming to you for yoga therapy that had trauma that you knew needed, this person needs to sing or this person needs to make sound? Did that happen? Well, I actually teach in a program at Loyola Marymount University called Yoga and the Healing Sciences. Oh, yeah, it's taught by Tara Gold. And she has me come in and teach voice work to open up the voices of all of the students, but also to address this sort of thing. And it happens to me all the time that I have people come to me who have had trauma in their lives. And they know that they just know that they need to sing. They need to sound. I've worked with a lot of people who had the lump in the throat experience. So it singing is one of the best things to do. You have to open your throat to sing. And I have all sorts of exercises from yoga and from vocology, voice science work to open up the throat. I use myofascial releases. I even have this neck karate chop exercise. I call it a neck karate chop exercise. Okay, I'm going to try this right now. Show me how to do it. Take your hands. <laughs> okay. Put them right where the bottom of the neck meets the shoulders and press in and try to swallow. And if you can't swallow, you're doing the right thing. Okay, yeah, you, you have to press a good bit, but yeah, you, have to you press can do a good can. bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I discovered this in a primal scream therapy. <laughs> <laughs> a psychiatrist could not get his people to scream, and he discovered that if he did this to them, they could scream. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me let me karate chop you in the neck from both sides. <laughs> right. Now, the reality is we joke about belting and certain types of singing, mm -hmm. but really mm -hmm. fine yelling. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. so yelling if, on tune. So, so what will happen is these these address the, what we call the pharyngeal constrictor muscles, and they do mm -hmm. just that. They constrict. And they're the muscles that often engage to tighten the throat. So if you squeeze these in and then do a passage running up the scale, like an ah, you may find you get higher than normal. Wow. Do it again for fun. <laughs> really press hard. All right. So, okay. I haven't done this in a while here. That's okay. So we're, we're going, we're breaking new territory here on Body Talk this week, guys. And there wasn't very much effort in that at all. Yes. That was, that was interesting. That, that, whoa, that was very interesting. <laughs> Good. Okay. Yeah. Because what happens is as we get higher, the pharyngeal constrictor muscles love to engage. And that is usually the thing that is the impediment to hitting high notes. So, so when, when, when we do that, are we giving our pharyngeal constrictor muscles a bear hug, basically? That's, yeah, I love okay. that. Okay, use, love it. That. use it, use it. Yeah, no, that was just like, just like a kazoo when I was a kid. Yeah. That's great. That yeah. was great. Okay, so we're, we're going to pause now and let everybody you know, listening try that right now. Yes, right now, we'll give you five seconds. Go. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> could you give another example that everybody could try at home? It would be kind of easy. Well, okay, something I really love 
is it's called in yoga, the lion's breath, where you open your eyes really big and you stick your tongue out. And you yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah. just big gustatory exhale with sound. Exactly. But I want everybody to first stick your tongue out as long as you can and notice if anything happens in your belly. So do that first. I, some of you may feel, pull it out as far as you can and open your eyes really big. Farther, push it out, push it out, push it out. Yes, you feel any engagement in your abs? Oh yeah, no I do, yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely in like the, the upper part of the six pack. Yes. What is that down there? Hmm, that's interesting. So that led me to think, ooh, fascia, right? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Connection. Sure, force yeah. transmission. And I love that because when talking about fascia, if you stick your tongue out, why should that affect your abdomen? Right? I mean, if you don't know anything about fascia, that's what you'd say. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a coincidence. Yeah. But it does. And then what works really great is, so we're going to stick our tongue out really far, open our eyes really big and just make an Ah, just yell out an ah. Not a okay. yell, more of a call. Okay, all right. Can we do it together? Sure. Ah, ah. Ah. Okay, there was a, I'm going to call it a pleasant contraction in the area just below the maneuverium of my sternum and kind of the costal arch there. Right. And again, that sound felt, it did not take a lot of energy to make that sound. And, and it felt like we could have, we probably could have gone on for another 30, 40 seconds easily, though I don't know if everybody would have kept listening. So it's probably good that we stopped. Actually, I would love it if you did one. Do you mind just doing one and go as long as you can on the breath? Because that is an important part. Okay, um, let's ask our studio audience. All right, kids, here we go. Let's see what happens. And they can do it with you. Okay, at the end there, I realized I was letting my eyes soften and seeing the eyes soften changed the resonance of it. Did it? Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. It did. It changed my inner experience of the resonance there. However, if I say like that in the microphone, people would probably run away. <laughs> now, what was really cool about that? Okay. That was a long time in your breath. Okay. Did it yeah. feel like a long time on your breath? Uh, considering that I have not really been doing any professional singing for over a year, let alone vocal warm-ups on a regular basis. Yeah, it kind of surprised me that the tone was decent and my capacity felt good. And there was no strain in the throat. Right. So these are two of the main things that I've discovered is that when in some in my exercises, that's the goal. The goal is to elongate the breath and also to see if a tone emerges that just feels like that tone that's 
full of rich overtones. Mm -hmm. So could you, could you do this with seed sounds? Would you with, want to do this with seed sounds? With the different bijas? The, uh, yeah, yeah. Om, fam, lam, ram. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because what are they? Most of them are awe-based. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there, and there yeah. is... And and on a mm. yeah, and they yeah, and they don't all resonate in the same part of the body either. Yes, but there is a little something everybody should know is that the notes that are picked for chakra toning mm -hmm. they usually start on a C, but these are the notes for men. Oh, yeah, yeah. because women were not allowed to do the sacred prayers for many <sighs> a long time, right? Mm. Silly, so, but silly I, rabbis, trickster for kids. Exactly. Yeah. But I discovered through my research that through old texts, I finally discovered a text that said, all right, women can tone, but their voices are, they resonate in different places. Their pitches are not the same for men as they are for women, and women can start on a G. Mm. So everybody... That's not information you get anywhere. I had to do it. <laughs> so men start on a C, ladies on a G. And so, when, so when we're chanting in class, we should actually be singing in fifths is what you're saying? If we're in a mixed group? Yeah, you can do fifths. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. And, and, and then it, if well, you actually, we're going to have the men on C and then we'll have the women start a fourth below one G. But fourths resonate beautifully together. So, because we're doing instead of do mi so, you've got to go do do so, do so. Like a G, that was probably F sharp. I just hit there. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. There's a, there's, I don't think there's anybody out there being that. Nobody's watching. So, so, how how do exercises like this translate? And I imagine these would be really good just for anybody who does a lot of public speaking, not necessarily yeah. singing. Um, yes. So how does how does bugging your eyes out and sticking your tongue out as far as you can go? How does that translate into into building a better voice? Well, okay. So first off, it does translate to anyone. And if someone if someone does my exercises, what will happen is that their voice changes right in that moment. So it's an excellent warm up. Because we don't walk around core connected or using our whole voice and just daily conversation. But if we're going to do public speaking, acting, singing, we really need to embody the whole voice and use our whole voice. And so this can be used as a warm up and how it translates for better singing is that I had an interesting experience. You can't sing i mean you can but why sing if you're only going to use a small part of your voice and this actually happens i was at, i think it's very popular right now in music this there's really quiet voices that are almost like this and it gets kind of annoying unless you go to a brisk anyway well it doesn't translate well to live performance no it doesn't you can't no. It just doesn't. And that's why when you see someone live, the pop singers have so many effects on their mics because they're trying to make up for the lack of sound that they have. Yeah. 
ability. I mean, they're not using their whole bodies. Um, now in the opera world, this is interesting. I was at a conference for NATS, National Association of Teachers of Singing, and a wonderful man I know, a Russian baritone named Vladimir Chernov, he was trying to teach a master class. And there was a six foot tall mezzo soprano there. She was huge. Yeah. And she started to sing. This tiny voice came out of her. Hmm. I know, yeah, okay. we expected this big roaring voice. Her mm -hmm. neck was a foot wide. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like she used some karate chops. Yeah, I know, right? Maybe not a foot. So, so this tiny little voice came up. What happened then? So Vladimir said, can you yell? And she went, oh, yeah, roar. You know, nothing. Like <laughs> can you yell at me? Ah, no, don't sing. Yell. Ah, where's your voice? Ah, he was doing everything to try to get this woman to yell. And then he pointed to me very embarrassingly, let me tell you, and said, you should all buy her, bo her book. <laughs> right? He said, you should all buy her book, Oku Yoga. You've By the got way, there'll be a link in the show notes, kids. <laughs> yeah. you've, got to, you've got to find your primal voice first. If you can't call, how are you going to sing? You've got to call. You've got to be able to yell. And it was it was really embarrassing for me, but the, the fact is true. Mm -hmm. So so you, you used an interesting term. You said call. So what yeah. is the difference between calling, yelling, and singing? So I, I wanted to bring up the call because my teacher, Ingo Tietze, at the National Center of Voice and Speech, he just wrote a paper not that long ago about the voice. And the voice is designed to call over fields, to call across hilltops. We're not designed to be quiet. And he's seeing a lot of weak vocal cords in his labs now, due to everyone's texting, nobody's talking anymore, all of the devices. So the voice is designed to call out, which is is literally being able to call. Yeah, to get a message across to the next house or the next village yeah. of, hey, I'm coming with milk, it's cooler. Hey, there's people behind me and they've got weapons, run. Yeah, that's what our voice is designed for. And the thing that, I mean, it was really interesting to me. So what is a call? Yes, it could be a yell, but the word call means really a healthy yell. Right. It's really a healthy yell. And singing is, a, a, singing, singing is a variety of things. Sometimes singing is a quiet whisper. Sometimes singing is more conversational. Sometimes singing becomes more passionate. And then we get into what we call belting, which mm -hmm. belting is, I like to call it beautified calling out as opposed to beautified yelling, but it really is beautified yelling. And then you okay. get into opera and, op and my opera singer friends, the, my male friends, they all tell me that it's beautified screaming. <laughs> 
<laughs> I spent uh, I spent quite a few years studying with uh, a local opera singer and who had a actually a background also in massage therapy. So beyond being a fantastic singer, she was really good at doing all kinds of embodiment things. Like put the scarf around your neck and hold that with your arms. Feel what's happening in your, I mean, she's just brilliant that way. Body Talk will return after the break. I kind of want to go back because I'm not sure. Um, Please. We, we were talking about the, the vagus nerve mm-hmm. and stage fright and da 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 And I think that's, um, we kind of got off on a very interesting tangent, but that's sure. normal for this show. Um, but in terms of what are some things that someone can do to, to, amarilliate that kind of constriction in their voice uh, when they suddenly get a, a panic attack or just a strike of fear about going to speak or sing in front of other people? Like, what, what's your recommendation? That's a really good question. So one thing that I really like to do is have them do chin mudra, where okay. you put your thumb, mm-hmm. your pointer finger together, yeah. Thumb and index finger, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, you see this all the time. Anytime you see a meditation poster, and then just put your hands down. And this posture, if you breathe, it helps you drop your breath down into your abdominal region. Hmm. Now, an interesting magic of this is Take your thumb and stick your fingers around your thumb and and make fists and now breathe. And Mm -hmm. this will show you where your breath usually is when you're scared. It's up in the upper chest. Hmm. Okay. So I like to use this as an example to what we call upper chest or clavicular breathing, which is the breathing that is used in fight, flight, or arousal. Mm-hmm. And then if you put your thumb. And yeah, I went back to that. I went back to that to feel the change after we did the, the hide your thumbs. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then you notice all of a sudden the breath will drop to the belly. Yeah, that's, that's wild. That's I, very interesting. I also, and I don't remember where I was shown this. But if you, if you go to Chin Mudra again with your thumb and your forefinger and you know like when you're trying to pull magnets apart from each other and they don't quite pull away from each other, you kind of feel that magnetic force between them. Um, the idea was to feel the difference in your throat when you squeeze your thumb and your index finger together versus when you try to pull them away like magnets. And see what, yeah. Isn't that wild? Yes. <laughs> now, I, I don't know what kind of fascial connection that is. I got to be honest with you, but it's, it's wild. It's very interesting. Yeah. Any thoughts? So that's one thing. And then we know that to calm the vagus nerve and to create what we call better vagal tone, that if you slow down your exhalation, which is what singing is, even though mm-hmm. singing seems like this fancy thing physiologically it's just delaying exhalation mm-hmm. 
So if we just, if someone inhales, and we'll do it right now, let's all inhale on a count of four. Inhale, one, two, three, four, and now exhale slowly to eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then the hissing exhalation is great, which we've used in singing forever, where you would inhale for a count of four, one, two, three, four, and then exhale on a hiss. Take the air going out as slowly as you can, right? Entire, yeah, and you, yeah, you could go on a lot longer than eight with something like that. And then a third thing that I discovered, the third thing I discovered is that if you actually feel your spine, <laughs> so okay. Udra and then feel your spine. Mm -hmm. that pulls you into your center and can pull you out of the crazy head that we <laughs> yeah i think the more colloquial version is is called getting grounded yeah but 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 we need help sometimes in getting grounded and sometimes we need to do it like that so with my actors or or singers that go into a lot of auditions or performing public speakers i always like them to feel their feet with their mind, sense their feet and ground mm -hmm. themselves with their feet. Then I liked them to feel their spine. And I learned a lot about spinal awareness in my Fitzmorris work, mm. Fitzmorris voice work. And mm -hmm. then I want them to add the mudra, which was where I, what I added into this whole mixture. So I have them do feet, spine, fingertips, soften belly. And if they go through that process, it often really helps them ground and helps calm themselves. And I think that that's something anybody can take with them into any endeavor, not just yeah. not just what we're talking about here. Now, I have your first book, Vocal Yoga, but I understand you have, you're working on a second one or it's going to come out soon. Could you tell us a little more I've, about that? I've been working, yes, this whole past year on the second book, which is, so the first book has... I have a hundred exercises in the first book. Right. It is a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's your first book. You wanted to get everything in there. And it I, came with all the sound files so we can practice along. Exactly. Well, now that, that, and that came out in 2013, I've been working on the second book, which is all the research that I've done and all of the asanas. And I've created about, I guess, 30 exercises. Uh-huh. That's a nice yoga. number. Yeah. With yoga, mm -hmm. that's just kind of a guess at somewhere. It's probably more knowing me. But um, because I discover new things all the time, and, and don't we all, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. If we're excited about life, right? So I've just, I've, I've nailed it down to things. And I have a second work I didn't tell you about called Racking. Racking? Okay. Yes. And Racking is, and I've certified, I've certified, I've trademarked both these works. Okay. Backing is a work that happened. I was with my husband traveling and we went to the Tower of London in England. And I, I see, this is going someplace interesting. <laughs> right? 
I right? was at the Tower of London and my back hurt and my feet hurt. And we went down into the torture chamber <clears throat> mm -hmm. and I saw this device called the rack. And I thought to myself, oh, if I could just get on that and just have them stretch just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit, just yeah, little, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. I get that request a lot, yeah. Yeah, I bet mm -hmm. you do in your work, probably, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So I said, if you could just stretch me just a little bit from head to toe, that would be great. And so I went home and I created an actual exercise that uses dancer's pose, was the first one, the rack okay. was dancer's pose, but up against the wall, somebody holding the arm and the head of a person. So the person's on one leg, okay. has the other leg on the other end. They have a micro bend in their knee and we pull them apart. And wow. they sound while we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, well, they would if they do a little too much of it. <laughs> That's what somebody said. <laughs> and they make these sound, this sound, these sounds come out, mm -hmm. these sounds come out that are strong. They have the golden tone in them and the breath goes on forever. And the whole class, after doing these racking exercises, they know when somebody's gotten the golden tone. They'll say, no, do it again. And they'll rack the person. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> okay. But, mm -hmm. And it doesn't hurt. That's the thing. It doesn't hurt. So I started exploring all these different partner yoga exercises on how we could open different anatomy trains by re really we're using different sorts of tractioning. Mm -hmm. which sure. Is, which is used in yoga therapy, but I'm yeah. not using it the way that they use it. No, and that's going to engage the fascia. And and so now I'm thinking about, so what, what's the biotensegrity component of this? And how does how does the voice fit into the biotensegrity model? Because we think about it as a muscle and bone and physical biomechanical balancing thing. But, you know, just, just in doing, just in doing a few of the little mini ones we did here while we were talking, that's, you know, the, the physiological change in the voice, in, in the voice, but the force transmission uh, that I feel going on with the internal tension and translating that to a clear tone. It's just, it's blowing my mind again, Heather. Oh, good. It's so fun. Oh my goodness, David, you would love it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I went down my, uh, my whole world of racking, and I actually do this now at the Fitzmaurice, as part of the Fitzmaurice Teacher Certification Singing Week. Sometimes Catherine has me in, and there will be someone with the quietest voice, and she'll look at me and she'll say, Heather, can you rack that one? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll get the person on the rack. Rack them up with her. I know. I'll get them on the rack, and this giant tone will come out of them, mm -hmm. and and Catherine will say, was that Marcy? <laughs> so in, in a past life, Heather worked for the Spanish Inquisition, but in this lifetime, she's using her powers for good. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but this is something you obviously need two people for. You can't, this, you can't rack, you can't rack yourself, really. No, you need help. You need two or three people, depending on which rack it is. I even have a floor rack. So. Wow. I've got different racks for different body types, people with different injuries. I've worked it out that everybody can get racked, no matter what is going on with their body. Wow. And That's... yeah, and it doesn't take a lot of, it's so interesting. It doesn't take a lot of elongation opening of the body for there to be a change in the voice and breath. 
Yeah, you know, so now I, there's um, my friends Chris and Ann Frederick, they're on the program a few weeks ago. They have a, a I hesitate to call it a stretching program because it's more than stretching, but it's a, it's a fascial stretching protocol that involves a lot of traction and sustained, very specific traction. Oh. And, and it's amazing what that can do to just open up the body, let alone. And now like, oh, I wonder if I could try that and try that singing. Hmm. Anyway, you're just, you're just giving me ideas here. But I'll send you, I'll, I'll send you the link. They have their uh, four on the floor, basic four stretches that are kind of like the home version of what they teach us to do therapeutically. I'll send right. that to you. You might find that really I fascinating. Would love that. I would yeah. love that. So the one thing you are doing, though, that you weren't doing when I first met you is you're actually teaching people your method and, and certifying teachers in this. How does that work? I am. I'm on my eighth. I just actually finished my eighth teacher certification. And my book actually ended up selling all over the world, which was very interesting because I had this whole marketing plan for my book. And it came out in 2013. And in, right before it came out, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. And I had to do a year. <sighs> chemotherapy and radiation. Mm -hmm. I was very sick. So forget it. There was no marketing campaign. The book yeah. just went out. It was like, go where you go. Mm -hmm. where go. Isn't there a song kind of like that? Something. Yeah. yeah. So it ended up on its own, just more word of mouth going all over the place. And that was really cool. And so, and I, I've had focalyoga.com for about 20 years and so I get a lot of people that Google search me and then mm -hmm. I, I really don't know how, but my book went everywhere. Yeah. And so, well, it was unique. Well, it was unique. And, and for somebody who has a lot of trauma around singing, because I was told at an early age, I shouldn't sing. That's all I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, we, we won't unpack that trauma today. I, I think I'm trying to remember how I actually came across you. Was it just the fact that I was like, oh, hey, I'm going to be in the LA area. I should, there's probably some interesting voice teachers there. I should try to find one. It was something like that. And I just went, okay, this looks really different. And I remember we had that lesson. I bought your book and I'm like, wow, this is, I've never seen anything like this before. So I'm not surprised because it really, it really is unique in the field. So if somebody wanted to, to get a hold of you and say, hey, I might like to learn how to teach this, what should they do? And what kind of who, who would be a good candidate? What kind of commitment is involved? Well, I they have to have some background in yoga. They don't have to be a yoga teacher, but I've actually this last course, so many people did yoga, yoga, not Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> All different kind of singing yoga. that is. That would be fun. Local <laughs> Yoda yoga singing. Oh, now you've given me an idea. Rope strain you'll get all. <laughs> um, they don't have to have a yoga teacher certification, but a lot of people have done yoga teacher certifications in the past years, especially over COVID. Right? I just Yes. <laughs> so if they have a background in yoga and they don't have to be singers, they, but they have to be very interested in the voice or work mm -hmm. with the voice somewhere. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be teachers, but it's just basically someone who has some familiarity with yoga mm -hmm. and would like to improve their voice or learn about my work. About mm -hmm. They don't even have to be inclined to teach it. 
they just more yeah. it's the passion for the work. And that's yeah, that's what when I did my yoga teacher training, I wasn't interested in being a yoga teacher. I just wanted to have that in my foundational knowledge in a yeah. way that would be different than just going to classes. So I like the fact that you are ecumenical in your uh in, in, in the people who can come in and, and learn from you. I think that's yeah, fantastic. And I get the most wonderful people. So I guess if you put voice and yoga together, you're going to get some really interesting people. Well, my absolutely favorite singer in Pittsburgh is my absolutely favorite yoga teacher in Pittsburgh as well. Oh, wow. And yeah, her, her name is Kendall Romanelli. Her band is Second Breakfast. And oh my God, she just you want to talk about somebody who embodies the song when she sings it she's just from a whisper to a belt and everything in between it's just astonishing and she just keeps getting better every year they just so, go together don't they i mean to me they they do. yoga they and, do. Voice. Yeah. and when you dive into voice work you know it's a yoga that you've entered even <laughs> you just do yeah it's, it's a deep deep work voice work it is. It is. And it is very intimately influenced by how your body happens to be feeling or not feeling in that current mm -hmm. moment. When right. you start, when the moment yep. you open your mouth and start warming up. Who are some of your favorite singers? Well, let's see. Of course, Ella Fitzgerald, Nina Simone, mm -hmm. a lot of the jazz people. Um, I mean, those are two of my favorites. Gosh. Oh. <laughs> I love Shirley Horn, who's a okay. singer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the way she interprets a song. Let's see. Oh, I'm trying to think of some contemporary people that I love. Well, okay. I love Barry White, more contemporary people. Um, yeah. There's not a lot of great use of the voice. No, in currently in current pop music, there really isn't. It's all, it's all, um, auto-tune and yeah. um and pro tools it all sounds appallingly the same although i do really like billy eilish i was wondering if you like billy eilish i kind of do too she's got something she's got something different she's got and, something and, different and she, her voice i've heard her come out with a bigger fuller voice in places and i think she will as she gets older yeah she did the james bond song from yep. the last James Bond movie. And it's like, yeah, she can she can definitely go there. She can definitely go there. Even though I think she... so. I think there's a real there's a real exciting voice in there that's going mm -hmm. to come out. Mm -hmm. So what is it about jazz, classic jazz singers that you like so much? Um well I grew up on jazz. My mom was mm -hmm. an agent back in hot okay. the days of Billy Holiday in, wow. in the city. And she wow. was a her downbeat magazine wow <laughs> my sister was a jazz major so oh yeah yeah so, so i got i got it all by osmosis i remember downbeat very well yeah i mean we're talking back in the 40s right yeah back when there really was a jazz scene my yep God. yep she would go and see billy holiday in clubs and so and ella is just a flawless singer we've actually we've actually at workshops with Ingo Tietze, we've actually put her voice up on a spectrograph analysis machine. Uh -huh. The overtones in her voice and how yeah. incredible the quality of her voice technique is. And she really is a master, vocal master. Mm. She could create a really pure tone or she could 
especially in her live shows, just start scatting and just getting a little rougher with her voice and raw. Yeah, she had she had all the colors, all the flavors, and I always remember that that uh, that old commercial. Those of you who are too young to remember, we used to have tape that we would put music on and listen to it in a plastic box called a cassette. But uh, there was that, is it live or is it Memorex? And they would play the Memorex of Ella Fitzgerald and the, and the Crystal Goblet would shatter because she would hit the high note. Yes. You remember those? Yeah. yeah. yeah that's, I always think of that when I think of her. So quite the, quite the, you, wow. <laughs> I'm just blown away by talking about what your mom did. That's and particularly for a woman doing that in the 1940s. That's incredible. My mom well, my great uncle started Capitol Records, Buddy De Silva. Mm-hmm. And so my mom was the first, she was the first employee of Capitol Records because she was lucky to have him as a mentor and he said, go for it. So at 16, she started to work for Capitol Records. Wow. And, wow. and they just started it. I've got one of the earliest pictures ever taken on my wall. And then she went to New York. She wanted to be a writer in entertainment. Mm-hmm. And so she went to New York with, at 19 with $10. Wow. What year was that? That was, oh, my God. Let's see. She was born in 24. So 34, 43, 1943. 43. Wow. Yeah. $10, wow. she told me. I said, how did you survive? She said, well... I stayed in a lady's rooming house for $9. Uh, what was it? $9 it cost? For a and week, probably, yeah. $10 left over for food. Mm-hmm. And I went out and got a job as a copywriter that week. Wow. How, that is so brave. I, like, there's, I, think, I think there's a third book you need to write. Here. That's fantastic. <laughs> becoming a writer for, for NBC in the 40s. Wow. Yeah. PR what was, what's, her, what's her name? Oriel, A-U-R-I-E-L, McPhee, mm-hmm. M-A-C-F-I-E, when she was young, and then Douglas. Uh-huh. And she, she used her name. She didn't, like, do, because I know there were writers. We don't want to know their women, so they would use, like, D.C., um, no, like, the first two initials. No, she was a proud woman. <laughs> nice. Nice. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think um, that's a good place to kind of wrap things up for this week. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience before we go today, Heather? Yeah. I would love to do one more vocal yoga exercise. With I you. think that's a great idea. Let's do it. And they could be sitting in their chair. All they have to do is sit up in their chair. I'm in a yoga pose right now. I'm crossing my legs. So okay. I can- so they could be sitting in the chair. Mm-hmm. Wow, we did this whole thing with you and Lotus. I'm impressed. We did. I was in Lotus the whole time. <laughs> I seem to, it keeps my spine longer. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's good. Okay, take your sit on the edge of your seat, put your feet on the ground, mm-hmm. take your right hand and put it on your the side of your, the outside side of your left knee. Mm-hmm. Take your left hand and reach it around to the back of your chair. And then what you're going to do is you're going to inhale, lengthen your spine up, and then do a spinal twist where you twist to your left while making the sound wah, while yelling at a wah. Mm-hmm. Inhale, 
わわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわわ <laughs> do you want to do it again? Yeah,、uh, but I can't. I can't get a good grip on this. See how my arm goes all the way up here. Just put. You can take this and just、mm-hmm. put it around、um, your back.、Actually. Oh yeah, like like a simple twist and you. Yeah, yeah, and just do a simple twist. Okay, all right. So we'll just do that. Okay, so let's before you twist, take a breath,、mm-hmm. and you can have your arm wrapped around. Your back, as opposed to holding under the back of the chair, if you'd like. Got it. Then inhale, lift up, twist, and make a wad for exhalation. Wad. I could keep going. Okay, that was better. Yeah, and you could keep going. Notice that. Oh yeah, yeah. I could have gone. Longer than anybody would probably want to listen for. <laughs> well, after this, you should do the other side. I was just going to say, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to only walk on one side. So yeah, let's、right. do it again. Okay, let's do it again. <clears throat> okay, inhale, lift up. Wow. Okay. How did your voice feel?、Um, felt okay until I wanted to match your tone or harmonize with it somewhere, and then it's like I got up all up into my brain. But the, the mechanic, the physical part of the voice, sounded great. Felt great. Felt、easy. great. Yeah. Yeah.、Um, so, is there a significance to the wah sound in the twist, or is it just? There is a、random? significance. Okay. So、uh, there's a Swedish voice voice work. There's a Swedish voice work called. The accent method,、mm-hmm. and in the accent method, they discovered that if you use a W, a wa sound, it will engage your core a little bit to start,、okay. and also yeah. the W. Well, yeah, because the W sound kind of pulls everything in. W's naturally you pull everything in, and also、mm-hmm. the W sound will stop you from making a glottal stroke, which is a. a, a Sound. Okay,、we、I don't know a- why, but you're saying W's pull everything in, and I just thought, watch out for women named Wanda. But anyway,、uh, <laughs> so maybe we can play with the、uh, the vocalizing on that on that on that phrase. Are you are you familiar at all with a music school in Lichtenberg, Germany, with a woman by the name of Gisela Romer?、Um, I can't think of what that name. Yeah, I can't think of what she calls her method, but she's she. When I last came across her, she was in her late seventies, if not early eighties, and she sounded like a woman in her prime.、What? She just had this. She had this full. I called it full body facial resonance singing because I didn't know what else to call it. She called it some long German word. I love that. Oh my、um, god, David, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's phenomenal. She's fun. I have a I have a video clip of her somewhere. I'll try to pull that up and.、Uh, If not put it in the show notes, certainly、yes. uh, send it to you. But yeah, she's、um, yeah. It, it's funny.、Um, 
I was I was editing a video clip of her, and I had a friend visiting who is not in any way musical, but he's a tremendous music aficionado, which we all need. And I just played it for him because she she sang normally, and then she sang with her full body facial resonance. And so I, I had him listen to the two because I mean, I was there, so I knew what was supposed to happen, yeah. but you know, would, would somebody just watching it casually be able to tell the difference? And he listened to both passages and he said, wow, they were both good. But the second time it sounded like she was flying. Ooh. And she opened and he didn't know that she opened her lecture by saying, why is there an almost universal desire to sing and to want to sing freely? And, and she theorized maybe it's to get over the insult of not being able to fly. Mm, I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool. That's really cool. I think everybody should sing and in many cultures they do. Mm-hmm. It's just our more Western European-based cultures that don't feel everybody should sing. You why why are we so repressed? Why are we so repressed? Yes, exactly. You have to be born under a magic star to be a singer. Mm-hmm. And the only difference between me and some other three-year-old is I wouldn't shut up. <laughs> I wouldn't. Thank you. That gives me hope for my future. <laughs> I singing and I got a lot of encouragement. Yeah, I didn't get the encouragement, but boy, I never shut up. That's that's true. Yeah. Well, anyway, though, I think I think we are coming to the point in the program where I do need to show up, shut up. Uh, thank you so much oh, for being been- with us this week. It's really been great to reconnect with you. And for those of you who want to find out more about Heather, her book, her method, uh, all that will be in the show notes. We'll see you next time here on Body Talk. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of Body Talk. Remember to support the show at patreon.com backslash body talk radio. Want to get in touch? Find me on social media or email me at bodytalkdavid at gmail.com. Remember to leave reviews wherever fine podcasts are found. And as always, the music you hear on the show is by David and the Disasters. See you next time on Body Talk.